you know, we know that health isn't just having access to a doctor. It's are you worried about having food? And are you concerned about being able to pay your rent? Have you had your utilities cut off? So at Care Message, we're also committed to working with organizations that help people improve their health outcomes by addressing social determinants of health as well. So it's something that kind of an expansion of the use of our product, but we're really excited about in terms of the future. This is the CMO NGO podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast Nora Marsh, she's the uh, director of marketing at Care, Mes- Care Message. Sorry, uh, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, uh, Nora. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, that's funny. Um, I have heard other people be like Care Massage, and I'm like, oh, that would be nice. That sounds comfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's a different, different line. I'm director of marketing at Care Message. So yes, thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, maybe it's not care massage, it's care message. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we're a technology platform that um, works to bridge the needs of safety net healthcare organizations and underserved patient populations. So um, when we say safety net healthcare organizations, it's like primarily government-funded health centers and free clinics. Um, and we're communicating with people who might be underinsured or uninsured, houseless, experiencing other issues. And it primarily takes the form of text messaging to patients. So like appointment reminders and health programs. And obviously during the COVID-19 pandemic, it's been a lot of important health information and vaccination messaging and testing availability stuff. So, um, I started working with care message in a product marketing director role, um, last September. And then it became clear pretty quickly. I mean, we're kind of a startup environment. They needed more general marketing leadership. So I moved into to, um, a director of marketing position and now I'm building a team. So that's the startup life, you know, <laughs> things just change quickly, but um, it's, it's super fun and really dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I see you guys are always hiring. So I'm like, oh wow, these guys are <laughs> growing really quickly. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Hiring takes so much time to do it right. <laughs> the fun, absolutely. The fun growing pains of a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so you said you're you've been with them for just under a year now. Uh, I see you have a ton of experience in the health and wellness space. Uh, could you maybe walk us through how you got to your current role today? Sure. Yeah. I'm getting so old. I was writing my bio the other day and it was like 20 years of experience. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies. Uh, I know. So, I mean, I've worked in healthcare for 20 years. Um, but most of it was on the agency side. Um, and after I finished uh, grad school, I, I just kind of happened into pharmaceutical marketing. So I spent about 15 years working in medical communications and um, advertising agencies, like pharmaceutical specific advertising, uh, which is sort of a niche. Um, and, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is 
like has its issues, but it's so dynamic because it's really driven by like patent extensions and or patent expirations and line extensions. And so everything is like always moving really quickly. And they're thinking, you know, once this expires in seven years, what's going to be our next step? And at the same time, it's like so highly regulated um, that from a marketing standpoint, it makes a really interesting challenge. Um, and the mix is different than like consumer. That's a lot of events work and conventions, um, digital marketing and lots of sales enablement um, because the pharmaceutical sales teams are like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> they have like this incredible time pressure and then they're expected to inform, perform at like a really, really high level communicating really complex ideas really quickly and every move that they make is measured. Um, so as an outsider, like sales enablement in pharmaceuticals is tremendously interesting and um, something that like I still use some of those best practices now that I learned in terms of like sales training. But um, I worked with pharmaceutical clients and I was at McCann Health for almost 10 years. Um, so it was like this interesting dichotomy where I was working for this like really creative New York based advertising agency, you know, like I had a bottle of vodka in my desk drawer at all times, but our clients were incredibly corporate, you know, very hierarchical, very political in a way that was completely the opposite of the politics on the agency side, where it's like, if you are funny and you have like the ability to think on your feet, like in quick humor, that's really like kind of the most important thing. So it was, um, it was really fun to work in agencies and then have these corporate clients that, you know, I always felt a little bit kind of detached from. Um, but then after about 15 years of, of agency work, um, I had left New York. I was back in Portland, Oregon, which is where I'm from. Um, and I had spent the last few years of my career at McCann um, working with clients on the West Coast. So I decided to move to a large Portland-based corporation that is a healthcare insurance company um, and also did have this arm that was like an incubator for healthcare technologies. And so it was really a career pivot for me. So I went from like agency account management to product marketing internally in a corporate setting. And that was a tough change <laughs> because <laughs> I had a lot of marketing experience, but I was not used to the corporate setting. I was used to like kind of that agency detachment. I was used to having like a powerhouse creative team for everything that I was working on. Um, you know, working at an agency can be fun. And the corporate team that I came into was not as much fun. So I had to make it, I had to make it fun. And I had the opportunity to learn product marketing um, in a healthcare technology setting, which was really different, but like so marketable for my career. And, um, and it was, it was good to like, you know, take that different step to something completely new. And I got used to not having clients. I got used to having more ownership over my work. Um, I was working on a team that was developing a new product. So I got to move around a bit and I got some product experience, some operations experience. So then, you know, for my next role after that, I wanted to stay in healthcare technology. Um, I wanted to stay in product marketing, but I wanted to work for a less corporate company and have 
the ability to have ownership in the product marketing space. Um, and it was a bonus that I've been able at Care Message to expand over into other areas of marketing strategy and execution, more similar to kind of what I did for my clients on the agency side. So it draws from a lot of my strengths and experience, and I've been really lucky. Oh, yeah, that's, that's amazing going from that agency, almost like mm-hmm. madman type, modern day madman <laughs> environment to the corporate internal uh, machine and now to a startup. I'm sure you've had so many different experiences to learn on the marketing strategy side of things. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, I think there's benefits and drawbacks to each of them. Um, and, you know, a good thing about being the point that I'm in my career now, I'm just like, oh, you know, everywhere you go, there's benefits and drawbacks. Every kind of company is going to be like some things you really like and some things that are challenges. So just take the good with the bad. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, In terms of, I mean, you have a wealth of experience in marketing. So I'm just curious, what sort of things have you listened to, read that's really helped you along your way in your career journey? You know, I would say when I moved over into product marketing, um, the Pragmatic Institute was really helpful. They have podcasts that I listen to. I did some pragmatic courses. They have a framework for product marketing that's really, really helpful because I find that different um, companies tend to define product marketing really differently. Like some things fit within product marketing in some organizations that might um, fit within sales elsewhere or within business de- development elsewhere. So um, sometimes it's helpful just to like, take that framework and be like, what is product marketing to you? <laughs> so <laughs> Pragmatic Institute has some really good resources for that. Um, you know, recently I've been reading more around content strategy um, because it's something that, that I'm doing a lot of right now in my current role. So um, I've been reading... Um, some good books on content strategy. One's called Content Rules by Anne Hamley and C.C. Chapman, which um, is just like how to kind of develop content and, and get the most out of it and have a strong brand place. So that's been helpful too lately. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure to uh, link that in the description of the podcast so that our listeners could check it out as well to cool. get some golden nuggets as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what's what's something, I mean, an exciting trend in product marketing that you've seen from when you first started to, to now? Um, you know, it doesn't sound <laughs> super exciting. Um, you know, and, and, and the things that I'm... I'm focused on right now are probably really specific to the SaaS industry um, and to, to the challenges that we're having right now as an organization. Um, in my space, I'm excited about the potential of digital onboarding um, because I think that, you know, the brand experience doesn't end when someone decides to purchase, right? We all know that, but like driving customer loyalty through um, a good experience and targeted messaging through the onboarding process. Um, you know, there's, there's so much in marketing about knowing your customer and we really have time, like opportunities to tailor messaging by job roles and use cases and industry to, um, to improve the perceived value of the product. And, um, and I think it's an overlooked area for brand development especially like when you're looking at customer retention being really important, like it is in my space. Um, 
and and also that we may have one customer that goes through multiple onboardings because of turnover of the the end users. So making sure that we develop more loyalists through that process, I think, is is something that that I'm focusing on right now. Mm. One thing that you mentioned uh, earlier was uh, the content strategy side of things, and I, I'm a big proponent of content. I think content is king. I don't have. I mean, everybody listening probably know already knows that. But uh, <laughs> what sort of things in the content space are you are are you looking at, or are you excited about? Um. Well, today I was talking with our customer success team about doing um, an office hours where we're talking to our customers about challenges that they're having, the way that they want to use the product, you know, specific use cases, helping them to optimize the value that they're getting. And we were saying, you know, if we do this office hours, we should record it and we should, um, you know, create blog posts out of it. And we should maybe do an ebook at the end of the year based on, you know, best practices for using our product. And so it's really saying, okay, if we have one content opportunity, I mean, in this classic marketing, like let's grab that content and give it as many legs as we can and put it in a lot of different places and make sure that it's always available to our customers because maybe they don't have that question today, but they'll have it, you know, three months from now and we want to make it easy for them. And we want them to, to get a as much value as they can out of the product. So, you know, how do we take content that um, may be residing just in one place and make sure that um, it's doing the most for us in multiple different locations? Mm, I love that. Just the distribution strategy of content, I think is really important. Just being able to be present because the users, every, every user is different and unique. So someone might want to consume content on social media like LinkedIn or maybe on audio or video. So... Who knows? Maybe yeah. I'll see a Karen message a podcast in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I'll get some tips from you. <laughs> uh, what's maybe one question? I always love asking this question just because it's uh, maybe a little bit more fun, but what's one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Um, I don't, I mean, just in general, I don't, think anyone has ever asked me with my agency background like what because agencies sometimes are like we gotta think of something like really crazy i don't think anyone ever asked me what is the most ludicrous idea i have ever seen an agency pitch and the answer to that and i swear is i once saw an agency pitch that a woman would give birth to a baby as part of a promotional event for a brand (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no way absolutely the wildest and most offensive thing <laughs> and, it, and the funniest thing was, it was not even immediately and forcefully shut down people were like hmm <laughs> this could work <laughs> it's not going to be offensive at all <laughs> what a branded birth that is so funny. I hope that doesn't give anyone any idea. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> Next quarter pitch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, it's so bad. Um, speaking of brand, though, what's what's maybe one uh, component uh, of a brand that you really admire? Maybe a component or an ingredient of a, a successful brand. Um. You know, I think the most, I think the most important thing is consistency, but I think that's like very much a marketer's answer because it's something that 
we're always tasked with making sure that we maintain, you know, like consistency of the brand, consistency of the brand. This is on brand. Um, but, you know, I have two young sons and you really see how this is so fundamental with kids because um, there are these dumb ads on the radio here in Portland for like this he- heating and cooling company. And one, one of the announcers has this terrible Australian accent, like absolutely terrible. But those ads are so memorable and recognizable and why is he australian no one knows but every time those ads come on i'm like I hate those ads. and my kids are like it's the revival heating and cooling <laughs> because they know it you know um and so it's just that consistency of how do you make something sound like your brand and that's like an extreme example of it but um you know i think as marketers that's important and what you know one of the trends that i think has been the most um like (sighs) remarkable over the course of my now long career in marketing is that we're expected to be writers now you know and when i started in marketing it was like oh you'll be the marketing manager and you'll have your copywriter and you'll set the strategy and they'll execute on it. And it's your job to make sure that, you know, it fulfills the expectations, but it's their job to ensure that, you know, that it's the voice and the proofreading and the this, but now it's very much expected. I find, especially in technology that as the marketer, you're the writer too. Um, And that's a completely different skill set. And even like I have friends where, they have 20 marketers on their team and they're all writing their own content. And I'm like, how do you ensure consistency of voice? And it's like a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> I, know. No, I know. Yeah. So that's hard. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen that trend too. Just it's, it's, yeah, you just have to produce content going back to kind of the content piece we talked about just, yeah, writing content. Uh, I mean, there's three ways to consume content. There's written, there's audio, visual, so mm. or video. So yeah, I've seen a huge influx of uh, content online. And so, yeah, it's like you mentioned, how do you have that consistent tone of voice or uh, voice to cut through the noise of everybody producing content? So that's mm-hmm. an interesting, interesting challenge these days. No, it's hard, yeah. It's funny you you mentioned the radio. Uh, that might be a tiny store <laughs> platform to some of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> what what sort of other platforms are you looking at to uh, market on? Uh, you see the rise of TikTok and all these new platforms, but I'm curious from your perspective, what have you been excited about or seeing good success on? Well, yeah, we don't market on the radio. That would be, <laughs> it would be I've never sold a radio ad in my whole career. Um, But, you know, and honestly, also my work on social has been limited because pharma is so highly regulated that it's really hard to do social um, because of all the, all the text and the, and the small print language. Um, And then the startups that I've worked for have been mostly small and pre-launch, like highly targeted B2B kind of sales. So, um, you know, I do, I do corporate stuff on LinkedIn. I think, and and now, you know, we don't do conventions anymore because of the pandemic, you know? So we've been doing a lot of webinars. Um, you know, that's been, that's been fun. I love doing customer testimonials. I like doing webinars that have customer success case stories. I like showing how people are using 
our product to solve their problems. Um, I'm really into data proof points and having like a solid and demonstrated improvement. Um, and that's something that we're really big on at Care Message is, um, you know, our, our, our data and the strength of the number of messages that we've sent and um, demonstrated improvement health, health outcomes. So it's great to be able to show that on a customer basis. Um, and so we've done a lot of webinars to replace the in-person meetings that we used to do. Um, and I think that's something that we'll probably continue to do after the pandemic because, you know, they're so durable. You put them on your website and, and I see people downloading content from them, you know, the, the slides or looking at the presentations months after we posted them. So that's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very scalable uh, from yeah. my, my experience as well. Uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, uh, talking about, I just let my mind. <laughs> uh, so you're saying webinars, uh, content strategy. What's, um, what's maybe one tactic or maybe metric uh, within content strategy or content production that you really hone in on, whether it be likes, views? Um, yeah, what's maybe one metric that you, you tend to focus on as a key, key performing metric? Yeah. Um, I mean, it can be hard because metrics can be deceiving in some ways in terms of something as straightforward as likes or views or, you know, I mean, I think, you know, if it's content and you have downloads, that's great. Um, you know, one thing that I'm doing right now in reading, rewriting our website is um, just put in our demo request form at the bottom of every page. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's what we want at the end of the day. I don't want someone to download a case study. I don't want someone to, you know, download presentation slides. I want somebody to request a demo. Um, and so right now, I'm, I'm going to be looking as we re revamp our website a lot as how many, how many marketing qualified leads we get out of that. Um, but I also am putting a new um, customer learning center on our website to be able to not only show to our customers the content that's really helpful for them in getting the most value out of care message, but also to our prospects, the kind of support that they'll get if they become our customers. And so I think I'm going to be really interested in seeing how much traffic we get there. Um, because I think that that will be like a taste for prospects of, you know, the things that people can accomplish using our, our product and the kind of support that they get once they become a customer, customer of ours. And so I'm going to be really interested to see how many people end up there and what kind of content they consume once they get there. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned MQLs or marketing qualified mm -hmm. leads for listeners. Uh, that's a, I always find marketing very much of a data and a data game. Uh, it's mm -hmm. very easy to look at the numbers and then try and scale based on uh, some of the key metrics there. Would you consider yourself, or at least let me rephrase it this way, what sort of superpower do you think Nora Marsh has, has, that has made her become such a successful marketer? Oh, that's funny because I was <laughs> somebody today said to me, um, those are really good meeting notes. <laughs> I was like, thanks, that's my superpower. And I said, I was like, one time a colleague of mine flew me to California just to take notes for his dumb meeting. 
<laughs> and I had to say, do not do that again. <laughs> but I do take really good meeting notes. And I think that that is, for me, part of what helps me to be successful just day to day to day is like taking you know, keeping for posterity, the decisions that I've made, the direction that I have. And that's really something that I think you learn from an agency is you have to have a brief. You have to have your client sign off on the brief. You have to have a scoping of the project. You have to have goals for the project. You have to have creative mandatories for the project. And so it's really the documentation, right? Like, and that's what meeting notes come down to too. It's like, these are the decisions we made at this meeting. These are the action items that everybody has. And it's really having the rigor to make sure that when you are starting a project, you're not just saying, you know, we're sending out an email to let everybody know this. Like, okay, what is the overall strategy that this ladders up to? Is this part of our, you know, customer success strategy that we're sending out the email? Or is it part of, you know, our lead gen strategy, you know, it's, it's, it can't just be like, let's send out an email to send out an email. It's like this, this feeds into a greater thing that we're trying to accomplish as an organization. And with that greater thing, what's the goal and, and how are we measuring it? Um, and I think that when you work for an agency and you know, you're getting paid by the hour and you know that your client is going to make justify, you know, the amount of time that you spent on something, you develop the rigor to be like, okay, here's, here's what we decided this project was going to be. And here's what we decided it was going to accomplish. And here are the steps that we agreed upon that it's going to include. Um, and I think that's really helpful when you transition to other jobs to have that viewpoint of structuring your projects that way. Hmm, absolutely. It sounds like it's almost like a, art and science mixed together, knowing what the overall broad vision and strategy is, but also using those numbers to justify and help push the project forward. Yeah. Well, that's marketing, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's the creative part of it. You know, it's, it's always so funny when people like are like, Oh, you work in marketing. Marketing doesn't work on me. <laughs> and you're like, no, we know it does. <laughs> yeah, there's numbers to prove so. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, what's uh, one thing I wanted to ask was what's maybe one thing that uh, Care Message does that uh, maybe the listeners don't know about? Maybe something, a campaign coming up they could share or uh, just a neat um, initiative within the organization? Yeah, well, you know, um, Care Message had like a wild last two years because there was this, you know, big pandemic. <laughs> and at the beginning of the pandemic, um, before I worked at Care Message, our founders realized that there was a huge potential for Care Message to really help healthcare providers um, to communicate with patients at scale with text messaging. Like even healthcare providers that hadn't been texting patients before um, because like all of a sudden two years ago, people had to learn about COVID prevention and what is social distancing? Like we've never even heard of that before. And, and then eventually, you know, about vaccine rollouts and scheduling appointments. Um, and so we made this scaled down light version of care message and made it available for free to anybody who wanted to use it. 
Um, and that ended up not even just being healthcare organizations, but like up in the Seattle area, um, the United Way of King County ended up using our product to communicate with their community about rental assistance and food security. And um, it's being used with other um, community-based organizations to, um, you know, like food pantries. And, you know, we know that um, health isn't just having access to a doctor. It's are you worried about having food? And are you concerned about being able to pay your rent? Have you had your utilities cut off? You know, do you feel physically safe? So, um, you know, at Care Message, we're also committed to working with organizations that help people improve their health outcomes by addressing social determinants of health as well. So it's something that um, that is a, kind of an expansion of the use of our product that has been fed by some of the usage, the free usage that we had during um, the pandemic, but we're really excited about in terms of the future. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. I'm sure we'll see more amazing things to come. Uh, like I, I said, so. you guys are always hiring. So it seems like you guys are growing like crazy. So <laughs> lots more exciting things to come. What's maybe one thing that you're proud of uh, that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? Um, you know, I would say that I'm really excited at this point in my career that um, I've been able to stay working in healthcare, but be able to um, move to a company that is more in line with my hope of where we go as a country, which is to universal healthcare. <laughs> so finally, you know, kind of working for a mission-driven um, nonprofit organization is like a breath of fresh air for me. Um, and uh, care message, our vision is really like a world where all people, um, regardless of income or background are able to achieve equitable health outcomes. And, um, it's something that's really personally important to me. And so I'm really proud of the fact of being able to pivot my career to, um, to work for an organization that aligns really, um, really well with my personal sentiments there. So, um, so that's great, you know, and oftentimes when we're looking at like a product feature or a strategy, one of, you know, one of our leadership team will say, okay, but that idea, you know, does that help us to use our product to help more people achieve better health outcomes? Like truly we will. <laughs> and, you know, I've worked at other nonprofits where that hasn't been the case. Um, you know, it's, it's on paper, but it's not really lived. So I'm really proud of, of that. And, um, and so I'm proud to come to work every day because we're making a difference for people. So it's great. Mm -hmm. Kind of going back to that authenticity piece. I think when you're fully aligned with the vision of your organization and you're putting out content um, that also align to that, uh, people, people feel that and you, you attract more people um, and it's a success or it's ingredients for successful brands. So um, yeah, absolutely. I only have a couple more questions here for you, Nora. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online if they wanted to follow up with any questions or just uh, say hello? Sure. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Nora Not Marsh. The my maiden name, well, my previous last name was Not N O T T. <laughs> so Nora Not Marsh. Awesome. Actually, one thing I did want to touch on was I saw that you 
did some studying in McGill up here in mm-hmm. Canada. How yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> how was your time in Canada? I know right now, uh, while we're recording, it's still pretty pretty cold outside. But uh, <laughs> how do you find that? <laughs> oh, I love Canada. Um, I had a great time. You know, Montreal is a really fun place to be a student. <laughs> and I had, you know, I love McGill. My first, actually, my my marketing professor at, well, I guess teacher at McGill was awesome. He was always doing like case studies and talking about his own personal and professional experience. And he was really um, one of the people who motivated me to go into marketing. So uh, definitely that I had a great time. I had an awesome experience. And um, my only rule was if it was negative 30 or colder i did not leave my apartment <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good rule that's a rule up on my fridge as well so <laughs> you're not alone there <laughs> um yeah my last question nora is since this is a marketing uh, podcast uh my last question to you would be what's one word or phrase uh to, that you'd use to describe nora marsh's brand i think i think fun i try to be fun like we, you have to work hard, but everything also has to be fun, especially at, at work. And I think that's something to like the agency life kind of is, is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of, you know, focus on doing good creative, but I think the focus is a lot on fun. And I like to take that to every team that I work on, um, and just kind of bring, inject some lightheartedness and, um, and have a good time, even though we're at work and getting stuff done together. <laughs> What's that mm-hmm. saying? If uh, you enjoy what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Exactly. So. <laughs> Bring fun deal. to work. I love that. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast, Nora. As I'm sure listeners will have a ton of value from listening to all your golden nuggets and uh, sharing I your insights. So. so it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. It was really fun. Hi, I'm Nora Marsh, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.